to Beyond, Beyond the, the Void. Void Horror Podcast. That's right. It's episode 285. And this week is the start of our Yokai Monsters trilogy and the Great Yokai War. So four films that we're going to be watching with the original trilogy, which were films that were made in Japan from 1968 to 1969. Pretty rapid fire. They were like over one year. So... But they just got put out an Arrow release here where they have all three movies plus the Great Yokai War that Takashi Miike did. And we figured we'd pick them up, we watch them, and then talk about them. Now, these aren't super horror movies, and we'll understand, even though if it's not for everybody. But I think if you give these things a whirl, you might like some of them. These are kind of high art for the time, kind of like a special effects selling kind of movies that you would see in 1968. They were trying to flex their abilities. It was kind of a feat for its time, really. There's some really great practical and visual effects that they use in these films that talk about yokai monsters, which we will go over here shortly for those that don't know what a yokai monster is. Short version, monsters, apparitions, ghosts, anything that lurks in the unknown. So... These things aren't always necessarily bad, but we'll get into them in the future here in just a little bit. Christina, how are you doing? Hello. How are, are you? Are excited you? about the yokai monsters for this week and next week? Uh, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> it's different. It's definitely different. It's definitely different. <laughs> yeah, so we'll be doing episode 285, and then next week we'll be doing the third movie in the trilogy, which is Along With Ghosts, and then... The fourth one will be the Great Yokai War. So okay, we, we got a lot. We're really looking forward to the Great Yokai War. Of course I've, we are. I've actually seen it before years ago. Oh really? When he put it out, yeah. Because I've been a Takashi Miike fan a for a, a long time. Uh huh. You know, I like a lot of the gorier, weirder stuff. Obviously, he's mm-hmm. not just like into horror and gore and things like that. And actually, Takashi Miike has really not done that much horror. But he's just very appealing to horror fans because he does have a lot of really weird movies. But this is kind of like a different version for him. So it's going to be interesting to to kind of wrap all these up, get the history on it. There's a lot of history on Yokai. A lot of history. Yeah. Well, they've been around for a long time. Really, they have since like... Long time. Ever. Like, and and you'll... Once you hear this terminology and we explain it to you, it's going to be interesting because you'll start to go, oh, well, that would be technically a yokai monster. You know what I mean? Like they call it yokai just because and, and it's not it's a really debatable term, by the way, because a lot of it was almost erased from history. Mm -hmm. 
-hmm. And that's some of the interesting stuff we'll talk about here soon. But Mm -hmm. yeah, this week's been crazy, man. We watched, uh, I've been hoping to see Crimes of the Future. I didn't get to see that. No, we haven't My fucking sleeping bullshit, narcolepsy, whatever it is that I got, has been terrible this week. Mm -hmm. I can't stay awake or sleep. I'm at I'm up at the wrong times. I can't think. I can't. Uh. <laughs> anyway, but yeah, so we did watch a movie together actually that you didn't get to talk about and I would love to hear your thoughts on it as what, well. What dash cam? Dash cam, which by the way, if you guys are fans of the movie Host, the found footage movie that came out and Shutter released it actually for them called Host about these kids in the pandemic. They were like talking to each other across the world. Uh, on Zoom. It was very apropos at the time where everybody was using Zoom. And it was right at the beginning of the pandemic. And it was like so apropos of what was going on at the times. It felt like, wow, this is hitting a little too close to home. <laughs> and we loved it, right? You loved Host yeah, as well. Yeah, I liked Host. It was good. So were you excited for Dashcam when it came out? Yeah, sure. <laughs> I mean, were I, you... Were you did I you? completely forgot about it until you ran into the room and you were like, we gotta watch this right now. Yeah. And I was like, oh, yeah, okay. <laughs> well, I told you about it. You were excited enough about it. Yeah, but, you didn't know, you know anything about it, though. Yeah, I didn't. I didn't watch any trailers or anything. See, I, I got uh, the heads up on uh, the movie. There was a bit of controversy about it because one of the characters in the movie is, is playing herself, so to speak, but a very over-the-top version of themselves and uh, characterized. She's fucking annoying. Yeah, she's really annoying to a lot of people. Oh. And man, there has been so many opinions on this stuff. I lost a friend today over <laughs> over a conversation about the goddamn movie. Like <laughs> typical Alex. Yeah, I did, I was I wasn't even mad. I was just trying to talk. And uh yeah. That was your first problem. No, I'm just I kidding. guess I don't I'm know. I'm kidding. I'm joking. Well, now I got to fucking talk about it a little bit. <laughs> Thanks, Christina. No, I'm kidding. Uh-huh. I know. I like the movie. A lot of people don't. It's understandable. The girl is annoying. She's supposed to be. It's like one of the first movies ever where they're trying to make a, a shitty character into the, like, go through hell. Like, they literally picked this person based on, like, her real life and put her in this movie and then kind of char- over-characterized her into, a, like, a, a comic book version of herself. Uh, that is kind of like, uh, you know, a MAGA person who is anti-vax and uh, believes all these certain things over religious. She's like super religious in the movie, which I don't even think is her in real life, actually. (laughs) Uh, But I don't know. I have no idea. I, I don't know anything about this girl. But I do know that when I watch this movie, even if she was annoying, I still had a laugh about a lot of things that I wasn't expecting to laugh about. Right. A lot of people are saying that they hate the humor in this. So obviously I have very awesome humor and those people are bad at humor. So (laughs) (laughs) I thought it was fucking great, man. I can find a joke in just about anything. You know what I mean? But I guess this is a bridge too far, so to speak, for some people for many reasons, whether it's political or not. But yeah, my friend uh, had some opinions and I was trying to set the course straight and they thought I was putting words in their mouth and I wasn't trying to put words in their mouth. I thought they were trying to put words in the movie's mouth and then judging me, treating me like we were having a debate online in Facebook comments. You know what I mean? (laughs) Like, and and, and they started off with sending me a fucking list. One, first of all, two, you know, da, 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 da. 
That's never a good start. That's not how friends talk, by the way. Right. I don't come to you and go, Christina, so earlier today you had said a few things. One, here's a sheet. Well, you know, I mean, like <laughs> sometimes you do that. It's a little <laughs> abrasive, I've gotta admit. I mean, if you're listening now, hey man, I'm sorry, dude. You know, I tried to be nice. They told me I needed medication. It turned into like a political debate over a movie that's not even political. Right. Like, what the fuck? It really wasn't. It really isn't. It's a great movie. I think it's great. If you don't like it, that's cool, too. You're just not as cool as us. I don't care. Yeah. It's not made for you. You don't watch it again. I get to watch it again. It's made for me. (laughs) But yeah, it's been really divisive. So it's been interesting to see like how many people on either side are so vocal about it. It's like one of the weirdest movies that I've seen. Like more people are talking about this than Crimes of the Future right now, Mm -hmm. which is Cronenberg's new movie that just came out. Granted, yes, it's in the theater and it's not on, you know, every platform. Right. But this movie wasn't on... uh, They actually canceled it in UK, Mm -hmm. like one of the theater chains out there the day of or something like that. I I forget the exact dates, but they canceled all the theaters that they were going to play this movie dash cam in, Mm -hmm. which I thought was kind of shit. Right. Like that's where the director's from. They shot it in England and they were like, yeah, there's just this is just not economically viable. Whatever that means. That's what they said second and the first time around they were like yeah there's some shit in there we don't like (laughs) but then they covered it up with it's not economically viable right so it's a blumhouse movie they have money right it's not like it's like it's a blumhouse production it's it's more they're very one of their more hands-off kind of movies i think you know what i mean like they they just just help get it distributed right like they loved host they wanted jason blum was like hey i'm gonna fucking give you guys some money and put it out but yeah i don't know i think it's one of those movies that some people are going to come back to because it's just not the right time right now for some people it definitely 100 percent is not the right time for it i don't know i'm just a sick fuck so i like dark fucked up humor even if it's making fun of myself (laughs) and it was there was some shit in this movie that i laughed at that i shouldn't have enjoyed as much as i did the brick (laughs) yeah there's I was like, I, I'm no. not really ruining anything no, here ruining by it. saying this, but there's a scene in this movie. And if you're so offended by, by this, it's really nothing. There's a scene in the movie where the lead character has a <laughs> anti-liberal uh, shirt and she puts it on a dead person like as a as a sort of like, a, oh, she's dead. I have to cover the body kind of thing. And it's just so like misdirected anger almost like I don't know how to explain it. It made me crack up. Like I thought that was the funniest fucking thing. (laughs) It's like, even though she's doing this really nice thing, her crazy self still has to put an anti-liberal thing in the middle of the serious moment on a fucking, you know, Right. And that's what I think is interesting about this movie is that, and you maybe, what do you think? You can tell me. Because we're this episode, we're filling it up, by the way, if you haven't noticed, <laughs> because there wasn't a lot of trivia on these movies. I think some people really wanted this movie to be a very serious, found footage, scary movie. And because they threw in some shitty jokes that just felt not good for the time, I think it really just didn't sit well with people, especially knowing that this character is annoying to both sides of the spectrum. and it's slightly political in the fact that the character is saying things about it but the movie's not really trying to transcend this sort of message because we've seen horror movies where they're trying to push right 
things, and that is not fun. Can I, you want me to tell them an example of what it was? Yes. I won't say what the movie is, yeah, or should you, I? Yeah, just tell them what the movie is. It's okay, been long so enough. I got a uh, an email. <laughs> no, you got a screener. I got a screener email, and it said, hey, you want to check these movies out? And I was like, hell yeah, I'll, I'll check it out, you know, I'll give it a whirl. I forget what the movie is now, it's called like... Now I can't even fucking think of what it is. <laughs> Whatever, it doesn't matter. It was like no an acronym should... or something like that for fucking a virus or something like that. Like, uh, like... COC or whatever the fuck it was, but right. the disease was basically uh, this disease. It was supposed to be taking place in the sort of modern day kind of world, kind of like host and dash cam is taking, taking place, you know, and these people would take this vaccine and then it would, the vaccine was bad and it was actually causing people to turn into zombies, which I had no problem with while we were watching it. But at the very end of the movie, they had a 10 minute or five or 10 minute fucking thing where it was just quotes from all this like like propaganda sites and shit like that. Like anti-vax. Anti-vax propaganda yeah. stuff. And because the movie, the movie um, uh, made it seem like the, the, the actual virus was giving them the zombie disease. Right. Well, they made it a point in the movie and that's fine. It's not like it's not unheard of. I've seen plenty of movies that that's been in. That doesn't affect me. What does is when you at the end of the movie, instead of just rolling the fucking credits, you've got propaganda talking points trying to tell the viewer what to think mm -hmm. and what to be scared of. And maybe in their mind, that's what they're scared of. So that's the movie they were making. It just came across as very pushy. It's like mm, the my, commercials. Yeah, <laughs> it, it felt very commercialized uh, propaganda. Mm -hmm. And I was like, you know what? I'm not fucking reviewing this. And I even had the guy write me back and was like, so where's the review? And I was like, uh, I'll be honest with you, man. I review. I watched it and I just do not agree with a lot of the stuff that they used in that film. I was fine with it until the end. <laughs> and they were like, oh, yeah, I could have told you that. <laughs> <laughs> He's like, I'm sorry. I I actually probably agree with you. So, but dash cam was like nothing, like nothing that. like it. Completely no. different. Yeah, like exactly. I was offended by what that movie tried to do because it tried to take artwork and shove its ideals in my face rather than just be inclusive about it. It's being propagandized, and that to me is not art. That is intentional bullshit. Mm -hmm. And I I don't you know like I don't care. I'm usually pretty open about stuff. Like, I don't give a fuck. Like, since when has scientists ever been good in a fucking movie? <laughs> you know what I mean? Since the beginning of time. It's always kind of creating creatures and shit like that, right? Mm -hmm. So, but Christina, what did you think about it before oh. we go? So, since I've been talking over you the entire time. Yeah, it was good. It was, oh, like it. The first 20 minutes is like pure cringe. And it's oh, yeah. like, it took us a you while. You just hate her so much. And some of the shit, oh my God. But I think the problem is, I think we know there's people out there who are like this. Right. So that's why it's cringy. And that's to us. why it's cringy. And yeah. that's why it's annoying. But I mean, if you stick to it, and stick with it, you know, it's worth it. I think it. if you just let go and, and, worth and stop thinking about in that area and stop listening to her and just really look at it as a person who they're literally picking on the entire movie. like Right. And they're completely disassociated from reality that they don't even know how to take danger and process it. So they just make fun of it the entire time. It's It's really just an absurd movie. So, it really is. But it was good. an absurdly fun and bloody mess mm -hmm. that I had a good time with. So, but yeah. 
Anyway, I've just been wanting to talk about it and have like a conversation with people who don't like it and people who do like it. Thank you to Esmeralda, who actually uh, called me. We talked on the on Facebook today. Uh, <laughs> she's a listener and a friend of ours. And she, yes, thank you for talking to Alex. Yeah, I was pretty upset about my friend just kind of like writing me off so easily like that. But yeah, so uh, Christina. I would like to thank Ryan. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I would like to thank Ryan for telling Alex to tell me about the Ant Hill Kids, <laughs> which was a Canadian doomsday cult. Yes. Chris. Uh, yeah. By, by the way, can you tell them what we're thinking about doing? So We are thinking about doing... An episode. An episode of... What the fuck is it called? <laughs> you don't even <laughs> I don't know. remember. Um, Ghost Legends or Crime. Gross Legends or Crime. And I think I'm I'm trying to find a crime... I can investigate. <laughs> right. But we typically a lot of the stuff that we do is we'll pick a legend that has like ghost stories based around it or a crime. We did like the meat grinder, uh, like Le stories Leona. of like people being ground up in meat grinders and like fed as food. Mm-hmm. And like we dug into it just to see what stories there are about it and what crimes have been committed up because of it. And the legend, because it's kind of an urban legend, right? Like you hear about people mm-hmm. being ground up in a. Yeah, and served. Right. So we try to have like three legends, ghosts and crimes that were committed based on this one thing. So we're thinking about doing oh. something like that with cults. And Actually, Ryan she- suggested that. Yeah. And uh, Love Has One Cult, which I'm also, I, I have videos saved. I need to get into that, too. I should do Doomsday Prepper Cults. Oh, yeah. that Well, that might get kind of wild, too, huh? Maybe I should do uh, Heaven's Gate. Maybe I, that would do- probably be a, a, a lighter topic, at least. I know that sounds crazy about people who well, cut their genitals off and kill themselves for a comet <laughs> is being light, but it is lighter than politics I, at this point in time. Yeah, it's true. It's a lot of psychological stuff because they were around for a long time, like decades before. Yeah, that's true. Before that happened. They're still going. So yeah, expect that in the future. We don't know exactly when. I just uh, told Christina that I wanted to encourage the side of her that she's really interested in things because, you know, sometimes it feels like it's just me running the show. And Christina's a very big part I'm of the fine show. With that. <laughs> she likes it. She does. But I'm trying to get her more into it because a lot of you write us and say wonderful things about Christina. And I try to share them with her all the time because she doesn't believe it. <laughs> Did you so, say something? Yeah, no, what? So, we also finished Stranger Things. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, which everybody's like, isn't that a placebo song? <laughs> like, we really, no, it was a remake. Yeah, we really like, this is an extra dose of uh, your intro, by the way, guys. If at any point you just want to leave us behind and you don't care about what we think. <laughs> and you and your disrespectful little piece of shit. All you have to go down is right down to the comment section, and there's like a a section where it shows all of our timestamps for all of the stuff we're going to be talking about. But they're really we wanted to fill it in a little bit about a bunch of stuff, just because there isn't this isn't going to be a long episode, and we wanted to give you guys the 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 regular schedule kind of thing. Did you like um the season of Stranger Things? I guess it's not over yet. I liked it. Um, it's my probably my second favorite season so far. Yeah. Um, one was decent. I wasn't over. Isn't that funny? Yeah, one, one and two One felt that, so familiar like... to me because they were obviously borrowing a lot from Stephen King and all these other things. And then I kind of got the idea of it that each, you know, each season is kind of like has its own theme. Mm-hmm. And like in the third season, it was kind of like the thick, the thing or something. Because mm-hmm. there was like massive like 
Oh, creature. Creature, kaiju even. Like, mm-hmm. it was th- that, and they had the never-ending story song, which just, you know, that's nostalgia. like- Nostalgia. Nostalgia. Yeah, I fucking came out the top of my oh, head. Oh, God. I didn't mean to go that far. <laughs> Jesus. But, but I didn't really feel like I, like, I understand that they're kind of going for the nostalgia grab, but they're not trying to be sneaky about it. They're, they're oh, being yeah. open about it, which is a totally. little bit different than, like, something like, I don't know, there's a couple of movies that have come out recently that are, like, you know, haven't you know, like Ghostbusters and shit like that. Oh, I see. What which you're is a little heavy-handed on the nostalgia there, even though it's not the worst-case scenario <laughs> of movies I've seen recently. But right. season three of Stranger Things has always been my favorite. I loved it. We we instantly just loved it. And then when season four came out here recently, there's just been so much fucking dire fucking news about people dying Mm -hmm. and fucking all this crazy shit in the news every single day. And when Stranger Things season four came out, it was like a breath of fresh air. It was like, oh, thank God I can just step away for a second Mm -hmm. and just sink into a show and fucking binge watch the shit out of this. You know what I mean? Like, and it was the perfect thing for me. So I really enjoyed it. It's actually started off pretty graphic. There's some, you know, new characters and stuff like that that I like. I think Munson's pretty cool. Ed, Eddie Munson is really cool. Mm-hmm. Um, I like what they did with the the Ginger Girls character. Max. She's, Max, thank you. It's interesting what they're kind of doing with stuff. I like how they kind of twisted uh, Elle and kind of made her a little troubled and like, you know, it's it's a weird dynamic. I don't want to spoil it for anybody, so I'm trying to like allude mm-hmm. to things. I think there's still there's just too much going on. I like the new characters, but there's just too much. There's still is too much going it'll, on. I think it'll wrap itself up just fine. I hope. What so. do you think of the new threat, so to speak? Don't say what it is. Uh, I don't know. I don't know. It's not as good I, as I not, felt like yeah. last time. Like as big a threat. Like I get it, but it's it feels like it, it's just like some story they pulled. Well, I'm curious where it's going to go. And we still have another season of it, so it's going to be like... Yeah. Kind of. Still watch it. Whatever. Yeah. I like how Robert England was in this. Yes. And he he did really good. He really saw his acting abilities in this. Well, Freddy Krueger is a big inspiration in this 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 season. season. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And it's not, like, directly connected, but you can... It's a darker... Yeah. It's a darker season, so... There's things in it that happen that are very reminiscent of, like... Which is good, and that's good that they put him in there. And I loved, I don't know if anybody caught the joke where Steve talks about it. Oh, totally. Where he talks about standing, the story. Yeah, they were standing in the bedroom, and he was t- he was telling the story about the town and how the, the threat comes back. Why would the threat come back every 30 years? That's stupid. <laughs> <laughs> Dude, that was fucking great. Like, that's, that's, that's when the show's self-aware, and it knows yeah, that it's- It better point it out. It, it's bowing to the greats. Right. By doing the that. original story. Yeah, they're they're at least they're being honest about it. A lot of movies really you just have no idea how many movies borrow from stuff from the past. And 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 now that I've been researching movies and doing this stuff for so long, you can really see it. Like right. you like, like people like Tarantino, it's like very blatant, but mm-hmm. you know, at least he's honest about it too, I guess. Yeah, he's in interviews and stuff, but he doesn't really point it out in the movies. Right. True. Oh, no, that's not true, because he put in Django in the... Uh, oh, yeah, that's true. Well, he put stuff, the original guy, yeah, uh, Sergio in... Leone. Right. Yeah, so... 
Anyway, I think it might be that time. Oh, what time is it? Finally! <laughs> Horse shots! All right, guys, so today we're just drinking sake. We're actually drinking Taiku sake. From Costco. Yes, from Costco. Now, you know, I always find it a little in poor taste, but we're watching Japanese oh, oh. movies, and I don't think that's in poor taste. They drink sake I, in the movie. I didn't want to try to mix anything because... Then I don't, that's that, poor taste. That becomes a kind of in poor taste a little yeah. bit. Like, hey, put a little sombrero on it. It's a Mexican <laughs> film. <laughs> You know what I mean? <laughs> Here, put a little, little samurai sword in its hand. You know, that's, you know, stupid too. But I'm just saying, like, we, we wanted to drink some of it. So we got two shots here ready for us. All right. And uh, you can get this at uh, Costco for pretty cheap. I think it's like 10. It, yeah, it was like 10, 12 bucks. It's a, a Junmai premium sake. And I don't know much about sake, but I can tell you that this stuff is the shirt. It's good. It's smooth. It's smooth. Like, That's I have never tasted sake this smooth. Right. It's like it's filtered so much. I think it just is so smooth. But anyway, you ready? Anyway, run to great. Yes. Mm. It feels like it's been at the bottom a little, though. Because <laughs> <laughs> it is the bottom of the bottle. It is, it's been sitting there for a while. Did someone drink out of this a little bit? <laughs> Did you? I didn't. Maybe it's just been sitting there so long. But normally, it's pretty good. <laughs> Uh, yeah, so if you would like to try some Taiku, we don't have a shot for this week, but that's okay. We're just enjoying having a drink and wanted to celebrate it with you. So, without further ado, I think it might be that time to jump into our flesh <laughs> and potatoes of the Yokai Monsters trilogy, starting with 100 Monsters and then that came out in 1968 and Spook Warfare, which also came out in 1968. We're going to go ahead and do that right All right, guys, so what we're going to do just to kind of help explain this to you guys, we did a little research on what yokai monsters were. There was a documentary at the front of the arrow set that we got, which is pretty good. There isn't a lot of extras in it other than, you know, pretty much the movies for the most part. There might be one for the Takashi Miike, the great yokai war. The history of yokai is pretty rich with uh, a lot of changes, like different Spirits. Periods of eras of Japan have tried to change things in, in the yokai story, which, you know, now it's gotten so muddled that not everybody really knows what it is anymore. And it's just kind of been passed on by word of mouth almost in some regards. Um, but it's pers the personification of supernatural events. It means monsters or apparitions, ghosts, fairies, goblins, anything that lurks within the unknown. Like the closet monster we always talk about at our house. We call it the demon closet <laughs> because I've always hated the closet at night and I have to make it shut because I don't like it open. How, how old are you? Because I know, but it makes me feel like shit's staring at me, okay? That's a yokai in there, all right? There's a yokai in that motherfucker, all right? It's a closet. <laughs> it's just a closet. <laughs> 
but it's it's a it's a very old term. It's first mentioned in the Chinese in a Chinese book, actually, by the way, that's used to explain bad energy. I don't remember the name of the book, but trust me on that. It goes back so far that it's it's super confusing for a lot of people and people still debate it to this day. It goes back to the Edo era, which I now realize that it's not Edo. It's Edo era, by the way. All the way from the 1600s all the way to the mid-1800s, where most yokai came from. There's a, there is a boom. Let's just call it a Pokemon-style boom out there in Japan, where it was part of the folklore. It was part of the mainstream. Like It was part of entertainment as we know it, only back in the 16 to 1800s. A lot of the monsters that you see in these movies come from that. You have like the long neck woman, which they call a Raikuru Kubi, which is a woman that has a big snake long neck that just kind of wraps around. They got an umbrella monster that I've talked about that has one leg and a, and it just hops around with a big tongue hanging out of its mouth. But the term yokai is definitely debated among many Japanese people, and it's all over the world now. It's become a entertainment empire. And there is, like I said, there was a boom, like a Pokemon-style boom back in the day. They had books. They had Kabuki plays at the time, too. So people were telling stories by campfire and all this other shit about yokai. And the Meiji era, which came later, actually tried to kill off the supernatural side of Japan. It was all about science and, you know, fact. Science stuff. Yeah, Stars and shit. So they tried to literally erase the supernatural element from Japanese history. You know, it wasn't until the Shigeru Mizuki, a a manga artist who came out during another era later on, who actually brought it back to the modern world. He just recently passed away, by the way. I think it was 2014, they said, Mm -hmm. or 2017. But he brought a lot of that history and that folklore with him to reemerge the yokai monsters and he made the manga called Kataro. And it's a another kind of yokai, which is a cat monster, like a giant cat monster. And it even became a cartoon later on, which made it even more popular. And he created the concept where all the yokai lived together, kind of like little monsters, if you've ever seen that movie. Mm-hmm. The one with Howie Mandel, not, not the fucking <laughs> zombie one with Josh Gad. Um, but a lot of the Japanese culture is from that yokai, much like I said, Pokemon. You got Hello Kitty, Demon Slayer anime, the Slipmouth Woman. That's the yokai back in the Edo times. That was all of that from there. In fact, there's elements of that even in the J-horror style stuff we got to see back in the 90s and the 2000s. Pokemon too. Yeah, like it's there's... Very, th- very... It's huge. It's like there's just this element of yokai in just about everything you know nowadays. Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles would technically be a yokai, yokai. But there totally. would... Mm, it's more based on folklore though, so not just made right. up characters. Right. So something like Bigfoot, Chupacabra... All yokai. What? Loch Ness. Oh, yeah. Loch Ness would definitely be yokai. Even some people even call them kaiju, like the the bigger form of yokai. Mm -hmm. But these movies that we're going to be talking about today are very much playing to an already popular audience at the time in the 1960s, more than they were a trendsetter in like bringing it back to the future, you know. Whereas the mangas had already been popular and it had repopularized yokai altogether. So this is just kind of riding on its coattails. 
They've evolved the yokai, by the way, over the years. They've changed, especially the yokai aren't bad anymore, and they're not. They're not bad. They're not good. They're kind of like what they call chaotic good. So they kind of punish and enforce rules upon the bad people who do bad things, and they punish them or mess with them. They don't kill anybody. They just mess with people. And that's kind of where we're at nowadays. They're nice to kids. Kids are, you know, like can see them, whereas adults don't see them unless they've done something bad. So in other words, basically be good to other people or yokai will come around and scare you to death pretty much. They're not typically like a horror creature, but, you know, some of the images could be horrifying to kids. I think if, if I saw the first movie we watched when I was a kid, I would probably be terrified. Yeah, especially with the faceless people. Yeah, there was some really crazy stuff in this first movie that was done in a way that is different than the other films in the series. But we'll get into that more. But these aren't so much horror films as they're more like folk films with a sort of ultra Q appeal, which, by the way, watching the creature on the screen <laughs> for ultra Q seems amazing. Mm-hmm. I want everything to do with that. So I need to watch the series. Godzilla, Ultraman, you know, kind of in that vein, the schlockiness style. But the effects were ahead of its time in the 60s and stuff like that. But if you're into like Godzilla and things like that and into folklore, which kind of teaches lessons about, you know, fairies and goblins and things like that, this might be a, a good thing for you. So that's just kind of a brief history on yokai. Thank you, Professor Alex. You're welcome. Christina, why don't you go ahead and tell us who made the movie and all about it real quick. Okay, so for the Yokai Monsters, 100 Monsters, Mm -hmm. which came out in 1968, the local yokai interfered to avenge a murder and thwart the plans of corrupt officials. Mm. Uh, The tagline, which I think was just the tagline on the arrow box, was a fantastic world unlike anything you've ever seen. (laughs) (laughs) I think it's on the DVD as well, so... Mm-hmm. Okay, good. Now, Alex is going to help me with these names. Yeah, Kimiyoshi Yasuda is the director and writer of this. He also um, had help from Tetsuro Yashida, who helped write on these these movies. But Kimiyoshi Yasuda was actually born in Tokyo in 1911. So you can imagine... these are That's old. Yeah, he's pretty old. He's no longer with us, obviously. He died at the age of 72 in 1983. But he did a couple of movies that you would probably know, like Zatoichi, a bunch of stories about Zatoichi, which is the blind swordsman, which is a very popular, you know, story that is very tightly involved with yokai as well in some ways. He's done multiple different, you know, action films as well as like just a whole myriad of different things. But Zatuichi is probably his biggest, you know, he did some Daimajin, which is like a kaiju story, uh, the the original movie. They also did Yokai Monsters along with Ghosts. That's the next or that's the third yes. movie. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. These are uh, what are considered to be Dai films, which is a production company. So they, they probably hired him back for the set, the third one. But continue on. Now, Tetsuro Yashida, he also worked in Yokai Monsters along with Ghost as well as writing it for the WoW. He did The Invisible Swordsman and well over 26 other credits. So, Christina, who stars in this movie? Starring in this movie is, is Shinobu Araki, who plays the old priest. Uh, this guy's been in 273 movies. That's crazy. Including The Sorcerer's Obe from 1954. Yeah, he was old in this movie, Yeah, he too. was old. Well, he's the old priest. Satan's sword. Satan's sword he was in. I want to see that. 
Uh, June Fujimaki, who plays Yasutara, was in Demon Spies from 1974. Guns Bloody Meyer <laughs> from 1961. The, or the Devil's Flute. Which sounds like a porno. <laughs> 1979. <laughs> uh, yeah, don't. <laughs> Ryutaru Gomi. Yeah, well, who does he play? Uh, Hoto Bunzu no Kami. He's the essentially the lord. The magistrate. Right. And he was, he's going to be in the Yoko Monsters along with Ghost. What'd you call it? Yoko? <laughs> John and Yoko? Yokai. He, you better cut that out. <laughs> no, I'm not. Yes, you are. <laughs> he will be in Yokai Monsters along with Ghost, which we'll watch on the next episode. Right. Uh, and then he was also in Lone Wolf and Cub. you damn right. Sword of Vengeance. Lone Wolf and Cub is the shit, by the way, if is you've never it? seen it yet. I have the whole oh. series, remember? Oh, well, we good. got it for my a birthday a couple years I don't ago. Remember? remember, it was like a big ordeal. Oh, I don't fucking know. Yeah. Shozu. Hayashiya. Hi, hi. Mm-mm. <laughs> that was the storyteller in the movie. Yes. Sorry, I can't see it. Their, their first movie went to do a voice work in Ibu, the Tokyo detective duo from 2021, and Stormy Night from 2005. Oh. And Tokyo Family. Oh, so when you can say the words, it's okay. Yes, it is. All right. What did you think of this movie, Alex? Well, now this is a different taste type of movie. It's a very slow paced kind of film, and it is not a very long film, but it feels a little longer than normal, which is strange. But we also kind of got through these movies pretty quick as well. So it's like there's moments in the film that are really slow because it's very dialogue driven, and it's kind of setting this, the, the story up. At first, I didn't know if this was going to be an anthology or not because of them telling stories in the movie. And I thought, oh, this is kind of like an anthology, right? Like they do different yokai stories and this. No, not so much. But the trilogy is like three separate entities that do three separate stories about yokai and what's going on. This one is about the Lord Magistrate who is taking down a temple which is unheard of in these times because, you know, they're very religious people at this time. Um, they take down the temple. Shrine. Shrine to put up a fucking brothel. And they kick out all these people who were taking care of the shrine and have for generations. And they put them out homeless. And all because one of the landowners hadn't paid 30 gold for something that wasn't even his fault. It was his wife got sick and she had this really bad disease and he had to bring her help so he got her a doctor and the magistrate ordered medicine from holland which is ultra expensive and it cost them 30 gold and at the time he was ready to do it even though he knew that he was never going to be able to really pay it back because he didn't get paid enough Capitalism, yes. <laughs> that's what it is in this movie. It's essentially a... Yeah, that is exactly. A, that's what I wrote down. It really is. It's a. It's sort of like a, you know, don't be greedy kind of thing. That's what the yokai teach the lesson here in this movie is, you know, essentially don't fuck shit up for people that don't deserve it. And it starts this whole story where all these different creatures come out of the woodwork and partially because these bad people have brought them about. They do, they do things a little differently in this movie than they do in the next one, where as the, the yokai are just everywhere. Like, But this one, they kind of slowly seep in. And I think one of the first stories is about this fisherman who he's like, don't fish there. That's a cursed spot. 
you're not allowed and these guys do it anyway and the bad shit happens so it's kind of like one of those things but the the effects in this movie with the creatures and shit like that you can tell they're a little dated but even for today i'm highly impressed with some of the stuff and the techniques that they shot for this movie the lighting the the sets the everything are really well done and it didn't feel like a 1968 film to me did it to you uh yeah like, it, it did it well did. i think because it's a period it, piece it's like oh well then it would make it seem older yeah because like this is taking place in the Edo era oh well, or before it, the Edo era it made me think and i forgot to look it up i think it was in the 70s with the yellow bus and the big puppet guy <laughs> what um, are you talking shit. about it was like the 70s oh i know what you're and, talking you know what about I, yeah, I knew you would where the puppets are dancing around oh uh and there was one big one. HR Puffin stuff. HR Puffin stuff. That's what it yeah. reminded me of. Yeah, like the, the creatures. Yeah, the creatures. But they're not film. as happy looking. They're a little more like <clears throat> not as furry. They're more like like dark crystal. Like kind of like paper mache. Right. Do you know what I mean? Like pots and paper mache and like umbrella. Yeah, like plasticky looking, and they're not like this furry is like the. Uh, but yeah, some of the stuff in HR Puffin. You know what stuff, I'm saying, though. Yeah, the faces are kind of troubling for kids. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I don't know. I just I I enjoyed this movie. It wasn't something. It's definitely outside the realm of my particular tastes most of the time, but I also kind of like it because of the special effects. So this is definitely not going to be for everybody. But for those who are always kind of curious about like Japanese culture and who want to see like a story that is telling you, hey, be a better person, this mm -hmm. would be a decent film to watch. It's a little on the slow side. But some of the effects, man, I swear, it's it's really cool to look back at these and see. I probably couldn't see many people picking up this set unless they're just fascinated with the special effects of the time or are fans of yokai stuff. Right. Um, so it is a little bit more on the niche side, probably for most people. But I would say, you know, if you watch the trailer and it kind of gives you a feel about it, maybe you should check it out. I would probably give this a, I don't know, six out of ten. Mm -hmm. It wasn't I didn't dislike it. I actually liked the story in this one a lot. It was pretty intertangled, but you really got to focus because there is a lot of dialogue. But yeah. What about you? The the story was really intertangled you're right it was really hard for me to follow i didn't know what the fuck was going on like you said and then you were like and then when you met mentioned that anthology thing it totally threw me completely off yeah and then i kept zoning out because i didn't know what the fuck was going on, I could follow yeah. what was going on. well plus you but, don't read as fast as i did too right i don't i'm very you know dyslexic um but this yeah the stories and the 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 story and the monsters didn't blend well either it could have been totally separate Sure. Which is kind of weird. What did you think of the creatures, though, and the special effects in it? The monsters, would they were cool. And Have were, you ever seen any of them before? No, like, I've never seen... Oh, the creatures were okay. And yes, the there's a lady with a neck thing, which reminded me a lot of a character in Beetlejuice. Or oh. no, one, a thing that Beetlejuice did in the you movie. You did mention that, yeah. Yeah, and it, like that's instantly what I thought of. He must have got inspired by that. Okay. He must have, because it looked... Oh, yeah. So similar. 
It was crazy. They how- made so many yokai monsters from back in the day. Mm-hmm. It's it's almost impossible not to for someone to have borrowed something from it oh, or totally. had similar interest in. You know, it's just different stuff. But continue. Sorry. But, but yeah, the monsters were cool. There's a fight scene towards the end that was kind of like Mod Podge together. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? It was like all over the place, and you're like, okay, what's going on? And like I said, like the storyline, like towards the end, it's total like capitalism story, a greed yeah. story, you know. But I did like it, and I also gave it a six out of ten. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I did. Wow. I was. I'm surprised by that. I thought you were gonna go for a four for sure. But- no, I didn't hate it. It, it. You know, it was just a little. my problems you know there was one right in the beginning that i really liked and what was that i can't say because i don't want to i don't want to oh well then let's go into spoilers god damn it (laughs) but yeah so six out of ten not high on most people's list definitely a niche audience but still something very cool this is like yeah an origin story like like you see a lot where other things come from especially since we watched a documentary and them explaining the pokemon thing and how it came from this there's some comedy in it too like there's like comedy a little bit of horror and a little bit of suspense they do some theatrical stuff in it while they're telling the story Mm because there's a moment in this in the movie where they all sit down Mm -hmm. plus there's like this sabotage thing going on in the background there's a lot of stuff going on in this movie um it is you know obviously set in the very olden times so there's you know swords and there's samurai yeah samurais and things like that so it's like you know it's stuff that you would maybe have a taste for already if you've seen stuff like that like action films but a little bit more on the lighter side there wasn't a lot of blood or anything oh there, no there is some it's like, just not like scary blood Right. Like they bit the necks of a couple people. Oh, and yeah, stuff. that's right. They did. I forgot. They're in the second one? Oh, I think? It was the second one because yeah. he was a vampire. Whoops. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, well, there you go, guys. That's it for the second movie. Just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, yeah, check that out if you'd like. You can pick it up from Arrow. I, I'm pretty sure they're going to have it up on one of the streaming sites at some point in time. Eventually, you can pick it up on. They have a lot of sales. You could probably pick up the entire set for like. 50 60 bucks whenever they have a sale so oh it is actually available for rent for 2.99 and uh 3.99 depending on where you get it um google play and uh youtube have it for 2.99 and i also posted where you could stream these on the thursday post right same same cost same price for both the movies by the way so if you want to check them out, definitely check it out. You can go to justwatch.com and type in Yokai Monsters, 100 Monsters, or Spook Warfare, and it'll show you. But you can look at our social media and check it out there. But if you don't want anything spoiled, we're going to get into our spoiler section. It'll be brief, but uh, we will talk about a few things that we couldn't before. But uh, if you don't want anything spoiled, here's your warning. So, Christina, what do you want to talk about that we couldn't talk about before? What did you think of uh, some of the monsters? Like, what did, were some surprises? Mine at the end, I liked the, the split mouth woman. I liked, okay. And how her head grew. I love how they used her. And, it's so big, how big right, she Right, and you was. couldn't figure it out. We were like, is, her ma- is she smiling or is that her mouth? Or right. Is it cut? Is that the Joker? What's going on? <laughs> I didn't know it was the slip mouth woman until we watched the documentary. Yeah, I didn't know either. I just called her a giant woman. <laughs> <laughs> One of my favorite things in the movie is in the very beginning, there's a guy, he's like a messenger or something like that. And he's trying to take something from one town to the other. And he's traveling at night. And uh, at night, he hears something rustle behind the bushes. 
behind him and this giant fucking hairy one-eyed beast that reminds me of like it looks it's probably supposed to be something like bigfoot mm-hmm. or like uh you know <laughs> a sasquatch or something like that but it has one eye and it's a giant you remember that red furry thing in warner brothers that was always like oh yeah it was just it was like a monster ball it was right like a ball. Yeah. yeah that it kind of reminds me of that it was like with uh yosemite sam and yeah and uh, the rooster. It was in Animaniacs too, wasn't it? Yeah, I think so. But yeah, it reminded me of that. I just thought it looked cool because like they had the eye moving and he was like passes out and then like wakes up right. and it's like it's not there. Mm-hmm. Apparently that makes a comeback in the third film. So oh, good. I'm kind of looking forward to that. Um, what do you think about the umbrella monster? Dude, those things are silly as fuck. They, oh my God, <laughs> it's so weird. So, okay, what it is, it's an umbrella and it has one leg. That it hops up and down. It's obviously like a puppet. Yeah. And it has a. It's a on a shoe. string yeah. and stuff. Yeah. yeah. It, I'm like, what the hell? Like, there's no way they can make it stand. It's got a fucking one of those old Japanese shoes on with the fucking yeah, wood wood with the wood yeah. block. Yeah, the wood block. I know. Sorry, I know there's a name for it. I just I, I can't think of it either. I can't yeah. Think of it either. Oh, it's not like we need to research the entire culture. You know, what I mean? <laughs> like we're not going to know everything. I know, but I, you know, I don't want to be. I just can't think of what it's called. Okay. But anyway, um. Yeah, that thing was silly. I liked it when the there was apparently a kid that was in the movie that was I thought he was just stupid, but apparently yeah. they said he was disabled in the documentary and all of my notes said he was stupid. Really? So now <gasps> I feel like a complete asshole. I, I called him an idiot too because the guy called him an idiot kid. So right. That's was, why I'm saying that. Yeah, that like, so I was like, okay, this is the idiot kid then. Yeah. Oh, so. no, now I feel bad. <laughs> oh, well, I feel he didn't bad. really. It's not like they made it. It's not like he came out on a wheelchair or something like that. He was just running around being a, what I thought was a spoiled brat. Right. Exactly. Because he wasn't he the majesty's son or something. The magistrate's son. Oh mm-hmm. uh, no, he was the 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 um junior lord's son. Oh. So the guy that below him that was going to open up the brothel for him that he oh, okay. that he hired. Yeah. So he's middle management. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, his son was always like coming in interrupting everybody and like, you know, and like he had the scene where he was like drawing all over the place and like the cartoon that he drew jumped off the wall and started dancing around <laughs> and then all of a sudden like it turned physical into a real umbrella monster mm-hmm. and there was even one scene where they had like all of the umbrella monsters dancing around in the room together with him mm-hmm. and only he could see it everybody else was too old and not young and and sweet to be able to see it which was confusing to me and I didn't really register that again until the documentary that we watched mm-hmm. because I thought he was the 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 spoiled brat right I didn't think of him as like yokai present themselves to the innocent and if he's innocent then I, yeah. you, you see what I'm saying like I was the, way umbr- off. the umbrella monster presented himself to him because actually the kid was drawing the umbrella monster and then it came to life from the drawing and was like licking his face and shit. Right. And he was like, hee hee <laughs> <laughs> it, it was a little weird at times, but yeah. <laughs> there was also another scene with the long necked woman where she's like looking around a pole and they do this trick where the the woman who's actually doing the face is standing behind the pole, but they have this long neck piece that goes behind her and is kind of like, it makes it look like they just kind of wrap it around her neck and then make her wear black clothes underneath. Right. Like they would a puppet. 
Right. And it's pretty cool how they did it. It seems pretty flawless. Yeah. Like the lighting that you have to have to make that work is pretty specific. Mm -hmm. And they did a really good job of that back then. So. And then the, the scary to me, like the scarier scenes were the ones when all of a sudden people stopped having faces. They were like faceless and how they did it. Right. Yeah. That was pretty cool. That was a really cool scene because he goes up to one guy and he and he and he's like, oh, my God, no face. And then he goes up to another person to tell them that there's a guy behind them with no face. And, and that guy no, has no, no face. face. So he just keeps running into people with no faces and he's like paranoid. And this is the guy that's like. I think the henchman for the the junior lord or whatever, mm-hmm. isn't it? I think so. He's like the the right hand man of that guy because he's the one that goes and kills um, the father Jinbei. Mm-hmm. Because the le- okay, so the the people who take care of the shrine they live in the tenement house. The tenement house is specifically given to those people to take care of the shrine. The people who own the land where the tenement house lives. And where all the workers live at is uh, owned by Jinbei. And Jinbei had his wife get sick, who has the gold debt. And they somehow snake his, because he doesn't have gold debt, because he has gold debt, they're taking it in place of his his, his house in place of the gold. Mm-hmm. He gets the gold because one of the, the guys that's in town, who's a, what they call a masterless swordsman, in town and he's kind of like uh, on his own he doesn't really do anything for anybody else he's just kind of on his own mission but you find out that he's actually a good guy and he actually ends up sneaking into one of the special meetings that the lord magistrate and the junior lords and everyone below them who's going to be making this brothel meet up for a meeting and he finds a way to sneak in they give everybody gold there and he keeps the gold and they chase him out. They, he doesn't even kill anybody. They're like, you need to get out of here. And he's like, I came for the gold. And then he gives the gold to Jinbei. And Jinbei goes to take it to the Lord Magistrate, thinking that he'll honor his word. But the the the, the Lord has him fucking killed by his right-hand man, the, the, the Lord Junior Lord, mm-hmm. which was kind of fucked up. Totally. They had, like, threw his body and, like, they stabbed him and they threw his body and took the fucking... Uh, the deed to the place and uh, threw his body in the water or whatever. And like his kids go looking for him and they find his body. And then they take his daughter and then she has to work in the brothel. Right. That was fucked yeah, up. Yeah, that was messed up. He's like, look, maybe we could come to a situation here where we work it out where you give me your daughter. And they wouldn't kick the people out on the street. But they did anyway. But yeah, there was also like the story that when they go to the meeting... There's a story they tell that's called A Hundred Stories or something like that. And it's really only one story. <laughs> but they call it A Hundred Stories because it's so powerful. And they, like, make the lights go out. And then... And they're doing a candle ritual to uh, make the evil spirits go away. Right. They're supposed to do, a, like, a, a ritual after they tell the story because it's so scary that it, it could cause somebody to get cursed. Because they're telling the story about this old man who warns these two fishermen to not fish at this lake. And they're two masterless swordsmen who are fishing and against his will and sure enough they get killed essentially but you don't find out till later why and they're hunted by someone that keeps telling him to put the fish back he takes the fish home i love this part by the way and the woman is trying to to cut the fish open so that they can eat sushi i guess and she can't get the blood off of her hands Mm -hmm. and then the guy one of the guys eats it and the other one's like hell no i ain't eating that shit I think there's a curse. 
Mm-hmm. And then, like, they get surrounded by yokai somehow, don't they? Or something? like. No, they... isn't that where the neck lady comes? That's right. The wife turns into... The neck lady. The Yeah. The, she turns into a Raikuru Kubi, which is the long neck woman, and then wraps herself around it. And then they, like, are panicking and stuff like that. And then you see the next scene, and it's like this woman going to find her. You know, you think that she's going to talk to the old man to, like, how to fix this situation. But really, she's gone back, and they never came back. And she's like, have you seen two men who are possibly their masterless swordsmen who are around here lately? And he said, yeah, they're right over here. And he shows them, and they're laying on the ground dead. And she's like, oh, my God. And he was like, yeah, they got struck by lightning. I told them this place was cursed, and he didn't listen to me. And so they got struck by lightning. It's like, crazy. Ooh. It's like, okay. But after that story's told, the magistrate's junior, the junior magistrate or whatever, the junior lord is like, oh, I don't believe in that bullshit. I got my own fucking ritual that we're going to do after this. Don't you worry. We don't need to do a curse freeing uh, ritual. So I essentially not put like put sage around everywhere. <laughs> <laughs> and so he hands out money. That's the ritual, which is also like kind of an insult. Mm-hmm. You know, they've stolen this money. They've kicked people out. They give everybody money to shut the fuck up to let them do what they need to do. And then one of the guys sneaks in and steals money for, you know, it's pretty right. cool. Pretty interesting little situation here. What else do we have? Is there anything else? By the end of the movie, the main Lord Magistrate, I guess, is afflicted by all the, the yokai monsters. And then there's a slow motion fighting scene with the monsters for like 10 minutes. It was pretty cool, though. Like yeah, the, it was pretty cool. You, the, like when all the yokai appear, it's kind of cool because there's like that round headed one that looks like on a kid's body. They're like a big giant head. Mm-hmm. A lot of them have giant heads, but <laughs> you know what I mean? There's like those rock monsters that are just like a rock with feet. Yeah, it was weird. You know what I'm talking about? Mm-hmm. But yeah, they make the, the they make the Lord go crazy. And then he's the he hands out uh, he had handed out like a junior uh, lord certificate because mm-hmm. only he can give it. And so the the master of the samurai who gave the gold to every to the Jinbei becomes the lord somehow. Oh, and then the yokai dance off into the mountains. The end. The end. Did you like the end? Not really. Eh. It was a cool story, though. Just not great. Yeah, it got a little. It got better towards the end, but a lot of stuff happened. Yeah, yeah. a lot of effects. Mm-hmm. Well, we do have another movie that we're going to be talking about. It's the sequel to A Hundred Monsters. It's called Spook Warfare: Yokai Monsters Spook Warfare, also known as The Great Yokai War from 1968. Same year it came out. It's right, crazy. And the crazy. remake that Takashi Miike did is technically the kind of a remake of that, but it's a bigger movie than this. Oh, this is a much smaller, you know, film. It was made on a a lot less money than what Takashi Miike got because everybody there's like thousands of yokai in in his movie. Mm -hmm. But Yokai Monsters Spook Warfare came out in December of 1968. So just a few months after they probably shot him back to back. So when a Babylonian vampire comes to old Japan, an army of Japanese demons, a.k.a. yokai, and ghosts gather together and battle him. And he's one bad motherfucking sucker. This is director Yashikiyuki Kuroda. Kuroda. He did Mirror Man, which is kind of like the precursor to uh, Ultraman, I think. I'm not sure exactly how that guy worked. He did Fangs of Darkness, 
Vengeance, Monkey, Zatuichi movies he worked on, Jong Bagu Isu, which is kind of like a Q-based thing, The Invisible Swordsman, and more. So he worked a lot alongside um, of the original director from the first one, uh, I oh, guess. Oh, okay. Uh, he did a lot anyway with them. This is also, of course, written by Tetsuro Yoshida, which we talked about already. Some of the cast for this movie is Yoshihiko Aoyama, who was in a lot of different movies, including Zatuichi and Desperation, Zatuichi Monogatari, One Man Boss, The Aoyama Phantom, Vixen, Daimajin, and more. Part of the production team, I'm sure. We also got Hideki Hanamura, who was in the movie, who is in movies like Devil's Temple, Sleepy Eyes of the Death Sword of Vengeance, Tengu Toe, and many more. We also got Chikara Hashimoto, who actually was in Fists of Fury with Bruce Lee, Gamera vs. Viras, The Falcon Fighters, Women's Cell, and many more. We also got Hiromi Inu, who plays Shinobu. Oh, Shikaro Hashimoto, by the way, played Daimon, the, the vampire guy. He was the Babylonian guy. Uh-huh. The first guy that I mentioned was uh, the, the the swordsman guy. Oh, okay. And then uh, the nebula monster was Hideki. Um, but Hiromi Inu, this, this, this cast thing on IMDb is really shoddy, by the way, guys. So it's, right. it's very difficult to like just like kind of do stuff in this. You know what I'm talking about. I had to use Wikipedia. Yeah, it's confusing as hell. Uh, nothing is in order. Some of the names are mixed up. Like, so, you know, forgive us if we don't. Some of the names of the people aren't even in the fucking movie, but I'm just telling you the first four. Hiromi Inu, who played Shinobu, was in Woman's Cell, this one, and another movie called Gigolo, a docudrama. So, but yeah, Christina, what did you think of this movie? And did you like it more than the other one? What did you think about this well, one? Well, I thought this story was different. It was easier to follow. Um, it was a good difference, um, and a major difference in this movie with the monsters compared to the last movie is the monsters actually, more the monsters actually talked in this movie. Right, yeah. Which I thought was kind of cool, and the, the monsters in this movie were more, like, good. They were helping out the humans. They were, like, some of the main cast. Right. The music in this was awesome. It was very orchestrated, and it stood out to me. Both of them seem kind of similar, but this one had a funner, yeah, like a more fun tone to it, I think. Right. The demon guy looked creepy, especially when he was in like his full form. Right. Uh, yeah. He's just, like blue, guys. Like he's like a tall, blue, weird, and he had this Aztecian weird, kind of looking guy. And he had like this weird mustache. It was fun. <laughs> and there's also a water imp in this. That was cool. That was oh, like a newer monster. The Kappa, yeah. That came in. The turtle monster, whatever. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, and then there's a huge monster fight at the end again, yet again. But it was better in this one. You know, I I don't really I don't really prefer one or the other. I didn't really like one over the other. Mm-hmm. They were both different enough that I just gave this one a six out of ten too. Really? Yeah. Meh. Well, this one I I, I kind of it's different tone. Like the first one is a little bit more serious, a little bit more you know like. I, uh, thrilling scary maybe you know a little more elusive with the yokai mm-hmm. whereas this one's like a sequel would be where it's like hey yokai you know like mm-hmm. they're they call it spook warfare because they're essentially fighting a, another spirit right and they're kind of spirits in themselves monster spirits apparitions goblins fairies whatever you want to call them 
But yeah, they're fighting each other. They're fighting against the, 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 the worst evil. And this guy is like drinking people's blood, changing them, changing the dynamics of an entire family who's ruling over all these people. Mm-hmm. He gets to the heads of them literally by the neck and turns them into other vampires, essentially bad mm-hmm. people. And they start, they start trying to rule over the area and the, the yokai demons are the only ones that are able to stop it. Mm-hmm. And it's a lot of uh, very silly hijinks kind of thing, you know, mm-hmm. a lot of silly kind of music that's going on, especially with the lead role, which is the Kappa guy who is like a turtle. He's got like a beak <laughs> and he looks kind of like a frog almost a little bit. Mm-hmm. But if you know what a Kappa is, you know, it's one of the more popular ones. But he gets like the long neck woman and all these other yokai together to try to help him because he calls it his domain. Like he lives in the pond of this like Lord's, you know, mansion, mansion or whatever. Yeah, something. And so he like he's like, hey, guys, I need your help. And then they're like, we're not going to help you. And then they like you're a liar. Yeah. And then he's not possessed. Yeah. They didn't believe that this new creature exists because they've never heard of it before but Mm -hmm. it was opened up by a bunch of thieves who who speak english i think because you can hear him in the beginning he's like oh no (laughs) but they're in egypt or something and they uncover something where Mm -hmm. this babylonian guy is like buried and he flies over to japan to like take care of business i don't know why (laughs) but it's cool it's kind of it looks cool it's a bigger film you can definitely tell that they had a lot more money the set designs were a lot more elaborate. They had a lot more gore, a lot more. Um, I don't know. This one I kind of liked a little bit more, but for all the different reasons that I liked the first one, mm-hmm. where the first one has a different tone um, to it, like a little more serious tone, which I really liked because I was kind of hoping for a little bit more a darker side of the yokai. But I knew because I've seen other yokai films, by the way. There's another movie called uh, uh, Sayuka Demon Slayer. Um, which is probably what the anime is based off of. It was Uh was like a live action movie about this girl whose father has the sword. And every time he uses the sword, it kills him a little bit each time. Mm -hmm. And then eventually he dies and she has to take over. And this mountain explodes and the fucking slit mouth woman comes out. Who's like the spider queen they call. And like, they have all these yokai in it, which if you guys have not seen that movie, I would highly recommend that one. Mm -hmm. But these are fun too. And this is before those came out. Uh-huh. before that one came out but man the visuals in that are just absolutely fantastic the creature stuff in this movie just as good as the first movie if not better mm-hmm. they're more articulated they have like this creature with a big fat gut who like has a crystal ball for his stomach it's really silly um but i think this one's probably going to be the more accessible movie to uh someone that's new to this whole yokai thing that makes sense um but yeah i, I mean i like them a little bit differently but i think there's more to see here in this one it's a little more easier to digest than Mm -hmm. the first movie so if if you were to start with one it wouldn't really matter which order you watch these in honestly Mm -hmm. but they are different tone movies for both all three of them technically so i would say if you're gonna watch them watch this one i'd give it a six maybe even a Mm 6.5 for this one a little bit because it has like this kind of fun atmosphere about it and the creatures are cool to look at and you get to see a lot more of them this time so mm-hmm. but yeah makes sense you said six for as well I said though? six yeah so this one's a little higher for me i think makes sense it's just easier to watch so yeah yeah 
It really is because you really have to kind of focus in the first movie where you, the story just, is. Yeah, lots going on. Yeah. But yeah, we do have no trivia on this. <laughs> Again. Again. So which is why it's we okay. have the longer intro to this week, guys. So I hope you don't mind. Uh, we're going to talk about some of the moments in the movie that we enjoyed and didn't enjoy or what we liked or didn't like. If you haven't seen the movies, you don't want to spoil it. Like I said, you can go watch these movies. You can look up for this one. It's under two different names. So just just remember that it's called Yokai Monsters Spook Warfare. Okay. But it's also called The Great Yokai War. Only make sure it's 1968 that you're looking for the year. That's the number. Mm-hmm. So, but other than that, if you don't want anything spoiled, here's your warning. All right, Christina. So what All are we... Right. What are we going to divulge in this so, one? So, okay. So when this guy gets possessed by the demon, right? <laughs> I won't go through all that. No, it's fine. Good. So if, well, he gets possessed by the demon and then he goes home, right? And it, like his daughter's there and some other guy. I don't know who the guy is. And he walks, he's walking up to the house, right? And then they have this dog too. And the dog starts barking at him. Oh, you know, yeah. He's, he's evil. And you this know, the, part pissed you off. Oh my God, dude. Oh my God. So the dog's barking, right? And we're like, oh, and it's a cute puppy like, from like Edo, Japan. Uh-uh, nope. Stabs the fucking dog. He's barking and then all of a sudden you see a sword and then the dog's not barking anymore. They didn't show anything. But... Yeah, they're like, what the fuck, dad? Imagine yeah. imagine your dad coming home from his <laughs> regular is, job. Who's supposed to be the nicest person in the town. They call him the nicest lord that ever existed. Yeah. And he comes home. And he stabs and kills your dog. No, he just sliced it yeah. real quick. And then he walks in the house, and then he starts destroying the, all the shrines. He was like, no more shrines. Yeah, he's like, God doesn't I'm exist. Done. We don't need any of this. Yeah, we. Yeah, this is all done. We don't need this anymore. And the, the poor daughter's just standing there with the... She's like, what the fuck, Dad? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> the, everybody's confused. They're like, this is not like him. Yeah. I would have detained him and thought he'd gone crazy. But. So even, but that's what you were kind of saying earlier. So so when the the water uh, spirit shows up, right? Right. And sees this he happening. he hears all the commotion. Yeah. yeah. So then the water spirit goes to the other um Well, no, hold monsters. on. He okay. actually faces the father, the Lord, because like Daimon is this blue looking fucking creepy looking dude that's a vampire, right? But to other people, they don't see his true face. But it to other human. Yeah. But to Yokai, because they are part of, you know, like the spirit spiritual world, realm. Yeah. They can see him for who he is. So the Kappa goes up to talk to him. He's like, hey, this is my place and you can't be here. Mm-hmm. And then they have like sort of a battle or something like that. Mm-hmm. And then He's overpowered. He's like, oh, I clearly can't fight this guy. I can't fuck do this shit. So he leaves. He like bounces over the wall. And that's when he goes to get the help from the other yokai. And then they don't even believe him. Right. He's telling because this is the nicest lord of the lands. Yeah. So they don't even believe him until like later on. So that that does make the story really uh, much more interesting than the, the other one. Except the, the the killing of the dog. Uh uh-uh. uh. <laughs> yeah, you were really no, pissed was, right off the bat. I was bed. done. I was done. They try to get a monk to 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 like fix the place, and he does like a ritual to try to stop the two possessed guys while the servant puts candles around them. But it backfires and burns the ritual man. Do you remember? Oh, I don't remember that. Like he gets straight up fucking toasted style, like fucking burnt. Mm-hmm. And then some other random house. So like like they keep kind of hopping around, which you know I've seen in other Japanese movies a little bit. It's like. 
there's a lot of like, oh, you just know how it works kind of thing. Like, or it's like a culture, like gap that we just don't understand. But they go to another house. And it's like a group of bad guys come in. And this guy and this woman start chasing the kids inside. And the kids escape. And they bump into the Kappa, the the, the turtle one. Mm-hmm. And the kids ask him for help. Seems like the Lord Magistrate wants them all dead. So he's trying to kill them, mm-hmm. which is dark. And another Kappa says, it's a Babylonian spirit. He shows the other Kappa with his crystal ball stomach. <laughs> and that's, they're like, oh, that's Daimon. Like, they recognize him yeah, finally. They know, yeah, they know who like, he is. Like, how do they know who he was and not before, I guess, because he wasn't good at explaining, I guess. That might be. It, and also, a lot of the monsters from the first movie are in this. Right. So the neck lady's in there, the split mouth woman's in there, the umbrella. Right. They use, they reuse some of the props, there. yeah. Yeah. But there's new ones too. Oh yeah, like the the, the water, stomach guy. Yeah, the stomach guy, the water guy. Right. Is new and they're talking. That's what first got my attention. Was Dude, wasn't there talking. like a flaming like head head that almost someone got caught fire in the yeah, movie? Yeah, I first was like, movie shit. and this movie. Yeah. Was it the first movie that someone the, almost it died? It was the first. It was the first movie. Okay, I don't know if you'll catch this at the end, but you'll you'll if you're listening to me now and you've and you've watched the other movie. There's that scene where like they have like a floating burning head. Mm-hmm. That like bumps into the back of the hair of somebody like right who's dressed up as a yokai, and you see them look back for a second, like oh shit, <laughs> like my head just got burned. <laughs> it's fucking crazy. But the uh, yokai come up with a plan to like kind of like Trojan horse the place, mm-hmm. so they have some fake guy that's going to meet the Lord Magistrate, who's some sort of like somebody or whatever Mm -hmm. and they pull up and like apparently and this is the weirdest thing to me i didn't even know this but i you know those little things where they carry around like they have like in japan they have guys that would walk people from one place to another and they would carry them in these little boxes where they would just sit you know like Mm -hmm. in the box in the box with their legs crossed Mm -hmm. and like for we're talking 13 14 hours Mm-hmm. Like, there's no way I could sit in that kind of fucking thing. <laughs> right. But the yokai are pretending to be humans in this situation. And then they, like, the guards kind of figure it out or something. And then they have this, like, weird moment where they're, like, discussing what they need to do next. And I thought it was just a little cool, a little cool scene. Mm-hmm. They basically are trying to, like, sneak everybody in bit by bit so they won't notice. Mm-hmm. And the master asks for, like, a snack and grabs one of the women. But it's, like, a, the the long neck yokai lady, which wraps around him so the the daimon whatever asks and he doesn't know that she's a long neck woman or whatever because she appears to be normal until she extends her neck so i guess Mm -hmm. that's how he didn't know right but um then all the yokai appear but they have like a heck of a time it's like too just too powerful he like warps them out of the men that they're in and into the forest Mm -hmm. and then they're like what the fuck (laughs) <laughs> and then that one part where somebody shoots Daimon in the eye when they finally realize that he is possessed and they shoot him in the eye to get rid of the spirit and it leaves his body. Was that towards the end? I don't. Yeah. Well, I mean, we're, we're pretty much close to there anyway, but I'm just trying to think. I just remember that there was another guy that like it was like a priest or something. It was like a battle priest. And he like had like a spell on a like one of the, the papers or whatever. Those long, thin papers. Mm-hmm. And he tried throwing it on him. Oh, uh-huh. and, it, and he like it misses him and then Uh it landed on the kappa's head and starts burning him right and then all the kappas like all the yokai go to help him and they all get sucked into a vase right they get trapped into a vase yeah like all together and Mm -hmm. they can't get out for a long while 
until one of the kids stumbles upon them and, and right. some lady or something. I don't remember. Right. The kids go get somebody to get him out. That's right. Okay. But yeah, that's right. Because the, the umbrella guy was still out. And I think the, the umbrella guy lured the kids to the base. Right. Yeah. They they finally get out and then they, I think that's when they battle battle them up or something. Yes. They think that the, the eye patch is like the, 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 the source. That's why. Right. When they started to fight, didn't Damon like split into multiples of himself? He does. Yeah. Or did you already mention that? No. And then, oh, that's what happened. Because then they started fighting and then he split into multiples of himself and they're like, well, how are we going to kill him? We don't know, you know, which one's the real him. So they go to the belly guy to look in his belly to see his crystal ball belly to see who the real David is. And then they find him and that's how they figure it out and they kill him. Yeah, they, they basically stab him in the face or something. Shoot him in the eye or something. Oh, they spear him. That's right. That's right. And then the spirit sinks into the water and dies. Mm-hmm. It's like bubbles. Like, oh, what a world. <laughs> and it tries to escape, but it submits to the water. And it was like. Right. Going down that road. Running up that hill. Anyway. So, yeah, they, they basically dispatch of him. I think there was another moment where he's like fight something else out as a spirit form or something like that because he can't get back into his body. Mm-hmm. I forget what it was, but the yokai returned to the mountains by the end and they dance like they do in the first movie where it ends exactly like that, where they're like running off into the hills to be happy again, mm-hmm. to never try to kill again. And they Until don't kill. Next time. Yeah. <laughs> with along with ghosts. <laughs> So I'm curious what the third one's going to be like, because this is yeah, me too. another one that is like they're fighting something again, right? Right. Well, or I, I, I can't remember. They're, oh, that's what it is. The uh, yokai are punishing people. That's all I know about the third one. Oh, OK. Oh, they're, they're, they're punishing oh, the bad right. guys. They're, they're punishing people. So, so it's going to be scary. So I wonder if this one's going to be the better one out of the three or is it going to be too much? I hope they don't kill a dog. <laughs> Just right off the bat. Nope. <laughs> i don't know i thought i mean it, they didn't show it you never even see the dog after he does it right it's not like it, just, it shows it, it was just like, like a gaping wound on its neck it stopped barking and then it was just like gone like no mention of it <laughs> and they just at looked all. at him like uh well i guess he is the lord like i'd be like fuck you man he would die probably for being disrespectful to the lord i don't care but they had known him for so long it's like yeah he was definitely infected mm-hmm with the sickness. Come on, come on, get down with the... <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> I hate that song. <laughs> I like the Richard Cheese one. I mean, that's fine, but I, I just... I've never liked them. I've never liked Disturbed. I don't know. I'm sorry, guys. Like, if you're a fan... Why? Because he sounds like a, a whiny... <laughs> I don't know. Like, whiny everybody was so influenced by that song. I was not. My brother even bought me the album. I went to their concert. Yeah, I never saw them live. My brother bought I me the album. Ozfest. And I, I felt so bad because he just bought it on a whim. He was like, oh, I know you're going to love this. And then I mm. he got it. And he was right. I did like the one it song. Was, I, it was okay. The cover song that they do. Yeah. But they're pretty much, a, I mean, no offense, but they're pretty much a cover band. <laughs> Besides sickness, right? I don't know. I think they're still going. Yeah, they are. I'm just saying, like, you know. I'm just not much of a disturbed fan. Sorry, guys. <laughs> if you love them, love them. I don't mind you loving them. I'm glad that you love them. 
I'm just not a fan. <laughs> I barely even get time to listen to music anymore. I know. I don't like, do any music anymore. That used to be my thing. Dude, we were like heavy into yeah, it, Yeah, we were every freaking I think, week, dude. I think, I think once uh, the music side of things kind of like... It shifted. It destroyed my... <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, your yeah, when our label and stuff. the label yeah, it destroyed really, it. It really destroyed my... Uh, I had guys... I've I was like really you think I'm driven for this show and for all the all the stuff that I do I thought I was I mean I was like in it mm-hmm. like I told Christina it's it's uh, the band's happening and if you try to step in between it I'm never gonna talk to you again right. <laughs> and she was cool with it because she's cool as shit but <laughs> <laughs> she even helped fund the fucking goddamn fucking uh, tour we did mm-hmm. which I will never forget I'm mm-hmm. yours for life baby. <laughs> <laughs> Great. I'm serious. Yeah, you're gonna have to fucking put up with my fucking 750 pound fucking heavy breathing fucking ass on the bed. I don't give a shit. Whatever I turn into is what it's gonna be. Just do the dishes, okay? Yeah, okay. Uh, or she's gonna leave me. I guess that's the the thing. <laughs> anyway, guys. So yeah, I have been quit cigarettes now for. I even I forgot. I thought Couple about months. it. You know, I've been having the cravings. Even, I had to drink well, the water bottle a couple of times. Oh, today, I bet, yeah. Yeah, today especially. Yeah. yeah. Whenever I get stressed out, I want a cigarette. You're doing good. Yeah. Well, you can't anyway because I, I cleaned out. You didn't haven't even been back there. I took away your table, your smoking table. I saw that. I was like, why is the table gone? I was like, why? Like, why do we Because I put my bottle on it. There's another table. Use the other table. Okay. <laughs> I always feel like the flies are on that table. <laughs> the m- more flies on that table than the other one. Okay. I don't know. It's just a, it's just a, you know, but yeah, you're probably right. It's probably best. So I can remove that memory. Yeah. I was like, yeah. (laughs) Sorry. But uh, yeah, I'm, I'm still, I can't believe I haven't touched it. I haven't even really considered even trying to get it again. It's not even an option. Weird. So what's the next thing? Um, getting healthy so I can sleep. Okay. And how are we going to do that? (laughs) All right. So next week, guys, (laughs) we're going to be watching, uh, uh, yokai monsters, Go, uh, along with ghosts sorry <laughs> along with ghosts yeah it's 1969 and uh yeah we're gonna watch that and we're gonna watch the great yokai war by takashi Miike, which i am super excited about that one and i have high hopes for this one too like i really do hope the third one's the best mm-hmm. and it's the one that really sells me on it but yeah it's cool like i like having it in my collection because i like to dig into stuff like that right. and i've always been into like you know martial arts films and there's a little bit of fighting in them like that too it's just mm-hmm. weird right so but yeah guys so i hope you'll join us for that all those movies are up you can get them at the same place as you got the other movies so if you're looking for them check them out you can get them on youtube anywhere you think so anywhere you like but uh yeah the uh new bk film is from 2005 so if that's the one you're looking for just FYI. But yeah, guys, thanks for coming by this week. We hope you enjoyed that episode and everything yokai. Tomorrow or next week, it's more yokai. We're going to shove it down we your gotta throat. We got to catch them all. Yeah, we got to catch all the yokai. <laughs> they should make an app now. It's like Yokai Central. And you got to go out and catch yokai in the middle of fucking the wilderness. <laughs> it's Pokemon. Fuck Pokemon. I don't know anything <laughs> about it. Everybody else talks about it. I'm too old for that shit. I don't fucking know. <laughs> I know Squirtle. It's like Pogs. I know Squirtle. You know, you do know Squirtle. Yeah, because that was like Pogs. That was the password for the S and M party that we made up for our friend. Okay, I'm done. (laughs) No, our friend had a show where he rented the space behind his live performance. 
to make money. And he said, I'll put whatever you want behind my band while I play live. It was the Gothsicles, our friend Brian. Mm -hmm. And Mike Saga and I put up fucking, uh, what was it, S&M party uh, at 4 a.m. at the bedroom. Use the password Squirtle if you want to come. And he loved it. He fucking loved it. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Anyway, guys, we'll see you next week. We hope you enjoyed the episode. And as always, long live the void.